Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. As a CFP and RFC, George McReynolds' mission is to help people create compelling dreams for their future, the plans to attain them, and the time to enjoy them. This is the Prosper Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. This is the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week we're going to talk what's your retirement lifestyle. We've got a few different categories that we've broken these down into uh, for different scenarios we've seen through the years. And we're going to take some time to have a conversation and see what have you thought about this? Have you thought what your life is going to look like in retirement? Is there one of these lifestyles you're seeking out or maybe something totally different? So Play along with us, have some fun, and enjoy this conversation with George. What's going on, my friend? Welcome in. How are you? Hi. It just started snowing here. Oh, big time. Nice. Well, it is yeah. December, so yep. it's uh, December in Pennsylvania. You're going to get it. Yep. <laughs> Do you, uh, you're all set for the holidays. How are you doing with everything? Uh, we're doing real well. Not a lot of travel going on. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. I'm giving everyone gift cards for cruises, airlines, hotels, oh, okay. restaurants, and, and concerts. Oh, uh, they're well, really at a discount. I'm getting off cheap this year. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, maybe we'll be able to redeem those. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope anyway. Well, let's jump in and have a conversation about lifestyle. And that's actually one of them that kind of fits into one of these categories. So I've got uh, five or six or seven here that we can go through. We'll see how many we can knock out on the podcast. So let's start with the two-house solution. We've got some fun names for some of these. George, this is for folks, obviously, who want to maybe run from the cold, for example. Yes, we call them snowbirds. I hope to be one of them one day. Uh huh. And so, if you're thinking about doing the two house scenario, what's some things to consider? You know, living half of the year in one place and the other. Obviously, taxes come into mind, temperature, weather. You know, yada yada. Yeah, there's a lot of issues for for this or for for really any financial decisions. There's three questions you need to ask: How does it affect your cash? How does it affect your cash flow? And then, how does it affect your equity? And uh, as far as um, most people are, are getting the second home in a resort area. And if, and if that's the case, the demographics really play a big part of that. Demographics are responsible most of the time between 67 and 70% of what happens in the economy. It's, it's the consumers. And uh, as far as vacation homes, we can look at uh, the number of 52-year-olds to see where those prices are headed, just simple supply and demand. The average vacation home is purchased at age 52 nationally. Uh-huh. So if we go back and look at the birth rate, uh, that would be 1968's birth rate. Oh, interesting. The birth rate was on its way up from 68 uh, through 71. So I'd say over the next three to four years, the prices are going to go up. So if you're looking long term, you might want to consider renting for now and then buy on the dip because uh, from 71 to 75, the birth rate plunged. And again, translating that to prices, then uh, the price of vacation real estate should go down. And we've seen this happen before. But uh, just look at the, the birth rate on a 52-year lag, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's where the prices are headed. Huh. Uh, so there should be no shame in, in renting. Most people, you know, when they're retirement, they're taking a standard deduction anyhow. So they're not getting any kind of a tax break or tax support for buying the house. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. So the average is 52, huh? For a two house yes. or for a second house. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, that's one lifestyle choice. So again, is maybe two houses on your radar for your retirement, or maybe you want a mobile house. And I know I don't mean a mobile home, but I mean the RV life. 
A buddy of mine, George, that I play in a band with, he just got himself a camper. He's retired from the military. And so him and his wife, they're just kind of just not going anywhere far right now. They're just kind of hopping around the state a little bit. But whether it's a camper or an RV, some folks really just want to maybe hit the open road. And COVID has certainly made that more interesting because then you don't have to worry about staying in a hotel and masking up and this, that, and the other if you're staying in your own little mobile you know, facility, if you will. I have an RV, uh, 34 foot long. Um, wow. I love it. I love it. But I'm usually by myself in it unless I'm going to a tailgate. <laughs> uh, you know, the uh, the other half never really uh, gets into camping. You know, it's roughing it is when the Four Seasons is full. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not really not camping. That's more like glamping in a 34-foot in a yeah, exactly. RV. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like, now, when I go on long trips, sometimes we take that. I, I took the, the whole family, my brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews to my nephew's graduation out at uh, Susquehanna University, which is a good four-hour drive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my mom, who always complains about uh, any kind of a drive, I heard her say, I can't believe we got here so quickly because it's like moving in your living room. There's a, there's a bathroom, there's a kitchen. There's so much going on with conversation and food that people don't even know you're moving. I've heard it numerous times when, when we've used it for transportation, but then they always want to stay at a hotel when we get there. But then when I've, right. I've used it for, for tailgating, for Temple games, for Penn State games, for uh, Reading Phillies and Eagles, and uh, people love that, going down to a game, not driving, being able to drink on the way down and back. Sure. And um, so they like it as long as I'm driving. Right. So I only know of one couple that's doing the drive. Actually, I know two uh, that have tried the uh, the RV lifestyle, driving around the country is your full-time thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the first couple that I thought of, they're, they're done. That that's probably been four years, and and I don't even know if they have a, an RV anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't. I tell so I told my buddy, I was like, I'm not sure how sustainable that is long term. It might be fun for a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, but even that seems like it could be pushing it. Yeah, you know. And the, the other couple, I, they're not a couple that I would want to emulate. So I don't know what their lifestyle is or out west now, but uh, I don't think it's the lifestyle that I would enjoy, but I do right. love having it for vacation. Uh, even if we do get a place in uh, in Naples, Florida or someplace down South, I'm hoping that we're going to take the RV with us for the ride down there. There you go. So again, you know, ask yourself that question if it's on the radar and a good point to consider is, you know, is it sustainable or is it really more of a vacation type of thing? Um, this next one, George, really isn't that on the radar that much anymore for people. But if it is, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's the front porch lifestyle. Some folks just, I mean, now COVID's kind of <laughs> forcing this a little bit, but uh, some people just want to chill out in retirement, sit on the front porch, sip, twee, uh, sip tea, excuse me, uh, sweet tea, if you're down here in the South with us. But, you know, you get the idea. I just don't think we see that that much anymore, do you? Well, this is the big test of it, the COVID, the the uh, lockdown, we're going into lockdown 2.0. Right. Uh, my daughter does custom uh, embroidery. She does the little uh, the little hoops and, and blankets and things. She just came out with one that said, I'll be home for Christmas. Uh-huh. Really? It's Seriously. Like you're not going anywhere uh, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, we're getting to test that out as people are, are quarantined, sequestered, yeah. locked down, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, but people are kind of getting cabin fever now. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, it hasn't been a popular choice, and uh, I think there's going to be a rebound where everyone's running everywhere as soon as we uh, we get this behind us. But uh, well, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, very few people people get bored. 
Well, talking about the rebound, and you talked about some of the gifts that you were giving away uh, for the holidays this year that you can't necessarily be used right now because of COVID. So that's our next one. It's called the College Life or the College Town, if you will. Many folks actually want to move or be near an area where they can uh, get out and do things. Now, let's remove COVID from the equation for a second. But, you know, going to concerts or having lots of restaurants or sporting events nearby, uh, you know, so I, I guess the college, you know, mentality, but as retirees, if you will. Well, if you look at any of the best places to retire or best places to live, often the college towns show up pretty high on the list because of great health care, access to sporting events, entertainment events. And it's a a good demographic, a good mixture of people of ages. If you're if you like people that are well read and uh, you like to be active in conversations, uh, college towns are are great for that. And like I said, they're they're often coming up toward the top of the list if you go to one of the uh, online things and put in what's important to you about your retirement. Mm-hmm. And if it's uh, if it's healthcare and if it's entertainment and if it's sporting events, a college town is going to show up on the list. You just have to adjust it for the uh, for the weather. The climate. Yeah. And, and dealing with college kids. <laughs> That's the other part to adjust in there. So we're talking about what's your retirement lifestyle thought. We've gone through a few here. I got a couple more. And of course, you know, having a conversation and really working that out with you and your significant other uh, is really paramount to kind of identifying what it's going to be, what it's going to look like. And then, of course, working with your advisor to make those things happen. And for a lot of folks, there's the tried and true George of Florida, right? I mean, going to retire, going to go to Florida. Maybe it's the two house solution. Maybe it's just moving straight to Florida, whatever the case is. Some people call it God's waiting room. (laughs) Uh, But the taxes are great. There's no income tax. And uh, the weather is fantastic. And uh, most people, though, the, the biggest issue is they move down there and they really miss the grandkids. So of all the people I've worked with probably over the last 10 years, after about five years, they end up moving, moving back north here. And uh, Well, I mean, at least you're right there in the heart of things for the grandkids to come to you, right? Because, I mean, you got, you know, Disney and the water parks and so on and so forth. Yes, but they don't want to interfere with the baseball games, the dance yeah, lessons and those kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, so they're they're in most cases they're traveling for half of the year anyhow they're they're coming back up here in the summer because uh, I, I hate that humidity up here let alone down yeah there. that's that's a good one yeah this you know and the so, you know for, rain every day at four in the afternoon in Florida yeah. so yeah, uh, but I don't want to I don't want to talk anyone out of it sure people yeah, yeah. Have gone down there but that's just my observation is that, exactly that people could end up coming back in four to five years but well, yeah, myself I've looked in Naples and a few other places and uh, I really adore my granddaughter and I want to spend time with her but you know she doesn't have all the time to spend with me so. I'm heading where it's warm and you don't have to shovel. There you go. There you go. And again, that's the whole point of this is to have the conversation about what makes them right, you know, the right uh, sense or the right plan for you, I suppose. And I was going to kind of tie this next one, George, into Florida because there's so many golf courses there. But, you know, whatever state you're in, a lot of folks uh, want to, you know, play a lot of golf once they get retired. I've got a, a friend of mine who uh, is retired recently and he's about, I guess he's about 15 years older than me. And man, he is just you know, for the last two years, he has been hog wild on some golf coursing, uh, even through the pandemic when allowed and so on and so forth. And, you know, hey, if that's high on your radar, that's great, but it is expensive. It's an expensive hobby. So make sure you're, but and like any of these, you got to make sure this isn't the plan too for budgeting. Right. Some people make it their life. You know, you talked about Florida, but Pinehurst is in North Carolina. Oh, it's that's right down the street from me. Yep. And uh, I've got clients uh, that have been there for a long time. 
and they are absolutely the happiest retirees. And I love that they give me credit for it. So George, we couldn't have this lifestyle without you. <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, they live in a golf course. They play in tournaments. He works on a golf course part-time just to be around other golfers and like an approach shop kind of thing. Right. And uh, some people, they just want to drive that little, that little Jeep that gathers up the golf balls on the driving range. <laughs> uh, but it, it just can be a great lifestyle. It's, it's yeah. leisurely. Other people are interested in the same kind of things, the same age. So the experience of people that have, uh, have done that for my clients over the years, it's just a great opportunity if you like golf. Yeah. I caddied in high school. I hate golf. I, got I love watching my kids play. But I, I just hate picking Just it up not for it. you, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, just watch the wallet with that hobby. To your point about Pinehurst, I'm 20 minutes away from number nine at Pinehurst, and it is quite expensive. So to play there where the U.S. Open and uh, a lot of majors go, it is not exactly cheap. So, again, golf's a great, you know, it can be a, a fantastic activity in retirement, and so many folks do love it. But just make sure, again, you're bearing that in mind for the cost and all that kind of stuff, and just like any of these other things. Uh, finances certainly plays into that. And then the final one, George, really is just no matter what it is for your retirement lifestyle, just find a passion and follow that passion, whatever it might be and wherever it might lead. Work that out ahead of time. You know, what is it that you've always wanted to do? That's kind of the point of retirement, right? Is to maybe now do some of the things we always wanted to. Right. Actually, if you read the book by uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, Work a Four Hour Week, uh, he talks about mini vacations or mini retirements. Uh, especially the millennials are thinking that way, that they're never going to get to the point where they can actually retire. So he talks about having different different opportunities through your life to, to have a break and, and, uh, and go out and enjoy a mini retirement. And th- as a life coach, uh, I've, uh, I've used a exercise I got from Dan Sullivan years ago called the life extender. Most people have an idea in their head how, how long they're going to live or what age they're going to live to, wherever they get that from. So let's say that, okay, I think I'm going to live to age 80. Well, at age 79, suppose you really get your life together over the next couple of years and your finances are good, your relationships are good, and, uh, and everything's kind of going along. Is it possible that you could live more than just one year beyond that? Could it be 10 or 12 years? Right. And what would you do with that 10 to 12 years, that extra time that is just a gift? You, you won't focus on maintenance. You won't be thinking about clipping coupons getting the oil changed, getting the roof done, shoveling the driveway, whatever you would decide to do with 10 extra years, that's what you should strive to, to make happen today. And to the extent that you can do that, that's really how wealthy you are. So if it's reading to the kids at the library, if it's traveling, if it's uh, painting, if it's learning another language, that's true happiness. That's fulfillment is doing those things in a life extender. I was a uh, dyed-in-the-wool workaholic years ago. I went five years without a single day off. Like every day I did something for work and I, and I joined the strategic coach program. And this was the first exercise they did on the first day and it changed my life. And now I try to take 150 days off a year and I get better results for myself and better results for my clients. It's uh, when you're rejuvenated, you get your best ideas, your, your best results. And it was all because of that life extender. I was a workaholic because I didn't have anything better to do. Hmm. Once I figured out what would be better, Life just completely changed almost overnight. Wow. And that's awesome. And that's a great way to wrap up the show this week when we're talking about lifestyle. What's important to you? Figure out those key components uh, and find that quality of life. So great show. Great conversation with George this week. If you'd like to talk to George, go to talktogeorge.com. You can book some time with him there at talktogeorge.com. Or you can just visit us at our website for the podcast, which is prosperpodcast.com. 
That's prosperpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, various other outlets, all that good jazz. And you should always check with a qualified professional like George, who is a wealth manager and a chief tax strategist at Protective Wealthcare before you take any action. Now, granted, we weren't talking about finance this week, really more lifestyle, but still, if you got questions or concerns, reach out to George. Talk to George.com. And that's going to do it this week for us. George, my friend, thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a great week. We'll do one more of these before we wrap up 2020. So I'll see you soon. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch you next time here on the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds. George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice.